0: Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. God has a dream for your life. God has a dream for you. We've been talking about uh, the dream that Joseph had, which was an amazing prophetic um, picture of who it is we are. And so you have to understand something. God has a dream for your life, and it's a little bit kind of a, a play on words, because God doesn't need to have a dream. He has a plan. He has a plan. He has a will. It's God's will for your life. And so God will bring that to pass. But you have to cooperate. It takes two. But God has an amazing will for your life. He has an amazing destiny for your life. There is incredible potential. And this is where you need faith. Because I know you've been knocked around by life. I know you've been hit on the head and hit hit around and so forth. But I want you to get your faith back up again. Because God has an incredible potential for your life. You're not done yet. Amen? God has a dream for you. And so if you turn in your Bibles, that, those of you that said that you have them and you're bragging and everything, uh, turn in your Bibles to Genesis, the 18th chapter, and we will put it up on the overhead for those of you that need to bring your Bibles next week. But it says this in the ver- verse 18. This is the promise of God. This is the foundation of Joseph's dream. This actually is the, you know, the, the, the restating or the articulating of the dream that God had in the Garden of Eden. So God's never changed his mind, but now he's beginning to tell us who it's gonna come through and how. And so he's talking to this uh, great grandfather of Joseph, his name is Abraham, and it says this in verse 18, Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation, and all nations on earth will be blessed through him. Abraham will surely become a great and powerful nation And all nations will be blessed through him. And so we saw that in Joseph, that all nations were blessed through Joseph. If we fast forward a little bit, we see all nations are blessed through Christ. You know, this is the lineage through Abraham. But if we fast forward again, all nations will be blessed through the church. It's through the children of God. All nations will be blessed through the church. I don't know if this is too spectacular for you, but it's the truth. If nations are to be blessed, it will be through the church. I thank God for governments or whatever we have, you know, uh, universities, big companies. The nation will not be blessed through Apple Computer or Amazon or Brown University. It won't even be blessed necessarily through the government. And God will use all these different things. And there's nothing wrong with commerce. There's nothing wrong with government. But the blessings of God will come through the house of the Lord. Because it's spiritual and it's big and it's powerful. You can't underestimate what a church is in a community. You cannot underestimate what a Christian is in a company. You can't underestimate what God wants to do through you if you'll give him the opportunity. All nations will be blessed through you. Through you. If this sounds big, it's supposed to. It's supposed to sound big. It's bigger than something you can imagine or bigger than something you can, you can conjure up. You know, we talk about the mandate that we have here at Awakening Church, and it is uh, that we would show Jesus to the world. We would show Jesus to the world. This is God's dream for us as a church, that we would show Jesus. It's really the dream for, for all Christians, but by, in two ways. Number one, by your life. By the reflection of Christ, it's on you. There's something powerful about who you are now that you are in Christ. You will show Jesus to the world by your life. Amen? Not because you're perfect. Not because you always say the right thing. But just be patient and let God just continue to come on you. You will show Jesus to the world. And then secondly, it's by the blessings that flow through you. You will show Jesus to the world by the blessings that flow through you because you have something to give. And I want you to know it's not little, it's it's what God will do through you that will be very powerful. I'm gonna have God on me and it's gonna show Jesus to the world and I'm gonna have God through me and it's gonna give Jesus to the world, Amen? amen? This is the dream that God has for us. I want us to turn to 2 Peter, the first chapter, if you would, just flip there real quick. Because this is really throughout the New Testament as well, where the Lord is trying to tell us, listen, the church now is writing the new history. It's not Joseph anymore. It's not even Jesus anymore. It's Jesus now through his church that's in the earth being a blessing. And so it says this in chapter 1, verse 3. I love these verses here. Second Peter, chapter 1, verse 3. His divine power has given us everything we need. Everybody say everything. You have everything you need. Amen? It might look a little chunky. It might look a little raw. It might look a little weird. But don't worry. Let God get a hold of you. He's, he's going he's to get this thing. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. And through these, He's given us every, His very great and precious promises so that through them... You may participate in the divine nature. See, what's also awesome is God is saying, I'm going to bring you into my world. And you're, it, 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 this is the dream. Come into God's world. And out of the nightmare that used to be your world, or out of the nightmare that's that this world, you're going to have to come into God's world, into the divine nature, and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And so I, I know that before I came to Christ, this is what's so amazing about the dream in God is it cannot be accomplished. What God wants to do in your life cannot be accomplished outside of Christ. It cannot be accomplished outside of Christ, because it's in Christ, and through Christ, you know, otherwise you're left to yourself, and all the junk that's in you and on you and the, and the dings that you took throughout life, how, how does that come off? It's through Christ. Christ will take whatever it is you give him and begin to redeem it. It's not that the dream isn't there. It's there, but it's never going to get accomplished unless Christ gets a hold of you. you got to walk with the Lord for a while and let God start to do his work on you. And before you know it, the, the raw and the rough and the rotten starts to come off and God starts to redeem and starts to work through you. You know, this is the case. It's the divine nature of God. He's given us everything we need. It's in us. I want you to know you have a personality. You have character. You have a a certain way about you that's different than other people. You know, the world doesn't understand different ways. The world only understands really a, a very narrow bandwidth of ways. And that's why we have the SAT scores a certain way. And that's why we have people that succeed in companies a certain way. And that's why they can, they can really look at, look at a person's life and determine whether or not that person's going to fit in and succeed. And if you're really creative and you're really artsy and you're really flaky and you have purple hair, you don't fit into this thing here. And they probably, you know, I don't know if you're going to make much of yourself in this world. Because we only like people a certain way. But that's not God. God says, no, I made you a certain way. Wait till you see how incredible this thing turns out. Just give yourself to me. No, don't change your hair. I like that. (laughs) Amen? Amen? But sadly, many times, Christians don't endure with the Lord long enough to see this thing come into fruition. I have to say, when I look at the church, many times I don't see stable, solid people pressing in and pressing through with the Lord. A lot of times when I look at the church, I see unstable people that are a bit flaky even, and before you know it, they're gone or something happens, or they flake out, or they get angry, or they get weird, or, and they just move on. They're, they're, they're like tumbleweeds with no root. But see, you will never find the dream that God has for your life if you just remain a tumbleweed. So can I talk to you? Can I be truthful with you today? Can I zero in on something today? Because I believe that God wants to fulfill a great potential in your life, but we've got to give God the opportunity. Now, let me just say this about dreams. I love dreams. I think that um, you can have little dreams, like you want a wraparound porch or you want a red sports car. You can have little dreams. I, I, God's not against that. You know that? You know the Bible says that Abraham was very rich. He had all kinds of stuff. Abraham walked around. In fact, when his, his nephew Lot got taken by these, 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 these kings that came in, in war against uh, uh, these cities, the Bible says that Abraham got 318 of his skilled warriors in his household. Imagine having 318 men. that are like, yeah, I'll fight. <laughs> he probably had another 318 that said, eh, let, let Gary go. <laughs> but he had a lot of men. Amen? Abraham was rich. God's not against material things. In fact, that wraparound porch that you want, it might be God's desire that he's saying, no, no, I, I love, I'd love for you to have that. Don't give up on some of these things, but I want to tell you something. The dream in God's mind for you is not materialistic. It's not that you would have this great job on Wall Street make millions of dollars, or that you would be some CEO that has a yacht parked in Newport. See, that, that, that's not God's dream for you. God's dream for you is bigger than that. It's more eternal than that. It's more powerful than that. Can you say amen? And this is not to make excuses for us that don't have any money, because I believe that God will bless materially, but he does have something that's eternal. All nations will be blessed through the church. And so there's two aspects of this dream coming to pass, but number one is the dream in your life that God has for you will be bigger than something that you can do alone. And that's the thing people don't understand. They think that they get this big dream, like Joseph. I just feel like I'm gonna feed millions of people. Not by yourself you won't, not by yourself. See, this is not how God wants you to be an island or a rogue or, or something all by yourself. God wants to put a dream on you that's so big you have to have it accomplished or fulfilled through the body of Christ. Look around, God wants these people that are here to be a part of fulfilling this dream that God wants to put on all of us. Can you say amen? Let me give you a little bit of an illustration. Um, I don't know how many of you guys were with us when we walked into the Dunkin' Donuts Center on Easter a couple of uh, years ago. When we walked into the uh, Dunk on Easter Sunday, a lot of people said to themselves, oh, this should be a church. This feels like a church. I told the people who were there that were there, this is a way better church than it is a hockey rink. You know? But listen, that's what a dream feels like, where you can sense something and you almost can't speak it. You know, that God would give us the dunk. You can't even say that. I mean, that's an idiotic thing. Hey, you know something? God wants to change this region. And I'm believing that God wants to do something mighty through a church that will stand up and say, you know what? We believe we serve a big God. So I don't know. I don't know the future. But I just know what a dream feels like. I remember when I would... Drive by Allendale Insurance, which is in uh, Johnston. Um, going back, I don't know what's or what it's called. But I would drive by there with my wife Nancy, and um, I would say to her, "See that rolling hills, nice fences, a fountain in the front, little uh, little koi pond or whatever it is, trout pond, and, and the buildings in the background. That's what a church should look like." And I used to say that. Because there was something in my heart that says churches shouldn't be broken down, poverty stricken, little tiny, tucked away places in the corner of society. They should be able to be a place of peace and healing and restoration and prosperity in Jesus' name. Amen? I heard one time someone say that you can tell what moves you by what bothers you. If poverty bothers you, it's something I think God's put inside you to do something about it. And you say, but it's too big. I can't do it alone. No, that's, that's right. It's going to take the body of Christ together with you. You know, a couple months ago, we, we, uh, Dr. Angie Felix, Angie Felix and her husband brought 37 uh, people with them to Guatemala, and they were there for two weeks, and they worked on all kinds of different things in and ministry and, and dental work and and dental cleaning and the, the kids and so forth, ministry, uh, worship services, street ministry, all kinds of different things. I'll tell you, if you have something in your heart that you want to accomplish, just keep putting it before the Lord, saying, God, you put this dream in me. I want to work with others to fulfill it. Can you say amen? amen. If, if, if poverty or people struggling bothers you, you know, so maybe you're a part of giving away 1,700 backpacks to people that need them, to kids that need them. Maybe, maybe maybe, you're just a part of it, but maybe you get to the point where you actually organize it, where you actually start calling some companies. You actually start getting some companies to donate. Maybe you take a larger and a larger role. I'll tell you something. God has something for you. It's deep down inside you. He wants to stir it up today. Can you say amen? Poke the person next to you and say he's talking to you. He's talking to you. Come on. Get with it. And then secondly, not only will you not be able to accomplish it alone, but secondly, the dream cannot be accomplished through an immature Christian. You know why? Because God wants maturity to be a part or or fruitfulness to be a part of who it is he's made you. And so the different things that are in our lives, the unique tools that God puts in us, they're rough around the edges, and God wants to refine them. The things that will hold you back in life are who it is you are, but rough around the edges. So, you know, I I could just, you know, you guys can think of some examples too, but I think of somebody who's just a loudmouth, opinionated person. God doesn't want that person to stay. They keep getting fired because of that. They can't get promoted because of that. But guess what? God put in them this boldness and this ability to tell the truth. It's just not refined. And God wants to work on that person to hold their tongue, to have that boldness, to be able to speak when the time is right speaking the truth in love, amen? Amen. And the dream is going to start to become fulfilled because when you finally get somebody that knows how to demonstrate the grace of God, the goodness of God, the compassion of God, but tell the truth and be bold about it, all of a sudden God starts to move that person all over the place and promote them. Can you say amen? Amen. i tell you, God has the ability to refine the things that are in us that look rough right now. Your stubbornness really is the DNA of won't quit, won't stop. In the raw form, you're just stubborn. You're just obstinate. But in the refined form, God has somebody that has a backbone that will not quit. God just needs to get a hold of that thing and work on it. Can you say amen? (laughs) Anger can be a bad fire, but if you give it to God, God can turn that thing into a good fire. You just got to let God get a hold of you. But it's going to take some work. There's a refining fire. And so I want to I just, maybe you could uh, take out your pen and write this somewhere, maybe in the margin of your Bible or on a piece of uh, notepad or something. But these three points here, this is what's necessary. Uh, could you put those up? Put all three of them up, if you would, please. There's passion, principle, and perseverance. Passion, principle, and perseverance. If, if you have passion, if you have a fire, if you have an emotion, but you have no principle, guess what? As soon as anything comes along that, 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 that kind of bumps you around a little bit, all of a sudden that passion is, is, is gone and you flake out. Passion without principle is not, is not useful. But, but principle without passion isn't useful either because well, guess what happens? You become this walking, talking robot in church without any passion. I know the principle. I live by principle, that's who I am, that's what I do, I come every Sunday. But you have no fire, you're not excited, you have no faith, amen? You have no joy. You gotta stir it up, you better stir it up. Sometimes that gets on me, you know, I can live by principle, but where's my passion? And I gotta stir myself up, say wait a second. I remember I was talking to Fall River Church a couple of weeks ago, and I, I, I was telling them, listen, I have to have faith. The things we're going to do are too big to not have faith. Well, let's see, let's see. Let's, let's, go, let's go into Providence and let's, uh, let's see. No, no, I got to have faith. I got to believe God. I got to have passion. I got to have some fervor. Passion, all by, all by itself, is, 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 is unbridled. But principle all by itself isn't any good either. You know, they said about Jesus, they, they, they saw the zeal that he had on, and it reminded him of that scripture. The zeal for his father's house has consumed him. I wish that would be me. Zeal for my father's house has consumed me. You know, uh, Romans says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. You know, some of us here, including myself, we need to stir ourselves up every week. I need to come into church. I need to stir my worship. I need to stir my worship. Amen? I need to stir myself up in worship. I need to engage my faith. I need to get myself going. I might, I might need to put my hand to the plow a little bit more, serve God, you know, keep my spiritual fervor serving the Lord. I don't, I don't want people to go give out a bunch of backpacks and me not be there or... Everybody go to Guatemala and me not be there, or everybody go to Providence and and, and launch a church and me not be into it. Amen. You're more than a spectator. You're more than a church attender. God has something for you. Can you say amen? And so we stir ourselves up. We stir ourselves up. But we also abide by principles as well. Not just principle. Many times, people that just live by principle aren't that principled anyway. They're just maybe legalistic. I come to church, I love church, didn't like the message last week, I like church, I love church, I don't like the people, you know. Come on, there's no principle there, you just sound principled. Can you say amen? Amen. But the principles of God are good, they're awesome, it's the ways of God, it's the whole Bible. You know, if you read in the Old Testament, all these stories about principles of living, Principles of, of living that, that you won't make mistakes. You won't, you won't just go by your urges. You know, all the passion in the world, and you just keep making these urges and these, these unges where God wants to purify this thing. Live by principle. And that's where perseverance comes in because perseverance is a testing of your faith. Perseverance is, 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 is a time uh, test. It's, it's, God is going to test us. I, I know you say you trust God, especially when you're all passionate. I trust you for anything, but, but when God actually starts to put that thing down and test you in that, do you really trust him? I don't care what happens. I tithe for one week in a row. I tithe, you know. But guess what? God wants to test you in your walk, you know. All these different principles of, of kindness and forgiveness and, and, and boldness and faith and the principles that are in the New Testament. When we read the, the letters of Paul and And uh, uh, the writers of the New Testament, James, we just studied, all principles in there. The book of Proverbs, all principles. When you learn the principles, you begin to walk in the principles. Now, all of a sudden, you have passion and you have principle. And here's where the dream comes in. Because if you don't have a dream, if, if if you haven't locked on to the thing that you know God wants to draw you toward in the future, you will let go when the going gets tough. You'll say, forget the dream. And that's what we do sometimes. We let our dreams get buried. You know, it'll never happen. I don't see it happening. I used to have a heart for, for you know, uh, uh, homeless people or, or an orphanage. Or I used to have a heart for unwed mothers. Or I used to have a heart for, you know, th- this thing or that thing. Or so. But, but I, I let the dream go by. Why? Because it was too big for you, number one. But number two, you got into the period of testing and you started to let go of it because it was easier to do that than it was to actually get through And here's what God does in the the time of testing. He takes the principle that it is that he's trying to teach you, and he he digs it a little bit deeper. You you already went through the test of trust, but now God's digging it even deeper. You've got to trust even more. I already went through the principle of forgive. Amen? But now God's digging you even deeper. You've got to forgive, and it's even harder this time. It's even deeper. Why? Because God will keep cycling back around because he's purifying you. Like a refiner's fire, he's taking the the junk out. He's taking the stubbornness out, and he's turning it into a, a solid will. He's taking the big mouth out, and he's turning you into a bold man of God, bold woman of God, amen? And so God is bringing you through the refiner's fire cycle after cycle. You have to understand something. While I'm in the cycle, I don't want to lose my passion. I still want to trust God. I still want to have faith, Amen. I'm gonna to stick to the principle. I, it's really hard right now. I feel like my finances are falling apart, but I'm gonna walk with God, I'm gonna stick in the principle, and I'm gonna stay passionate about it, amen? I'm gonna persevere through it. And what happens is when you get passion aligned with principle that perseveres, that's when the fourth P comes along in its promotion. I want you to know promotion will be always following these three Ps. Passion, principle, perseverance, then comes promotion. And I'll tell you, the dream is at the end of this promotion. It, God, God has something for you. It's coming. Don't let it, don't let it drift. Don't let it drop. Stir yourself up. Stir up that dream again. Can you say amen? See, because I think God wants to do something with us. I'm looking forward to next week, Vision Sunday, where we talk about the church and where we're going and who we are. I truly believe that we're not tumbleweeds. We're not Christian tourists. We're not just uh, co- going through the motions, coming on Sunday and going through the motions. But God is fulfilling a dream that he has for New England, and you're part of it. Can you say Amen. This verse in 1 Corinthians says this, if you put it up, it says, Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you, always giving yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. As you produce fruit, as you get stronger, as you become more solid, you're not as flaky, you're not as flighty. You, the, these, these impurities that are, are, are coming out, and God is doing something with you. Will you be perfect ever? No. But that's okay because God is maturing you. God's getting you solid. You're gonna be a solid man or a solid woman of God for decades, can you say amen? amen? I could tell you story after story of people, I know they had a powerful calling on their lives, but because they couldn't stick it out, because they couldn't align themselves with the principle and stay steadfast, now their life is like on the rocks. Are they still saved? I'm sure they're still safe, but nothing compared to the dream that God had for them, the potential that God had for them. Look, let it get quiet in here because maybe you're saying, that's me. God had something for me, and I let it go. I want you to know something. Give God another chance. Come in there and resurrect this thing because he will do it in your life. Can you say amen? I don't care how old you are. I don't care how much you think you've messed things up. Give God another chance. To stir this thing up and make something out of you. So many dreams I've seen dash. So many powerful ministries. So much anointing. You know, sometimes you look at the worship ministry. The the people that are up here, they might not be like everyone else. They're very artsy. Or they're very, you know, passionate. Emotional. They can sing like, like you can't imagine. But a lot of times, that comes with a test. Listen, you're gonna to have to stand the test of time. And be, before anointing will really come on you, before the song can really come out of you, you have to go through some fire. Stay faithful. Stay principled. Stay in there with God and see if that anointing starts to, doesn't get stronger and stronger on your life. You wanna change people's lives? You wanna sing in front of people and see healings take place? Stay faithful in God. And you'll see that altar start to get powerful. It didn't come from the prayer necessarily. It may have come from the worship leader that's been in there year after year and you can actually feel the anointing coming off of them bringing healing into that church. Can you say amen? amen. God has a dream for your life. You just got to give him an opportunity to work it through. Can you say amen? One more verse. It says this in Jeremiah, the 12th chapter. If you've raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? There's a level of... of perseverance. You know, and, and sometimes in this, this verse is saying, listen, levels of warfare, levels of resistance that will come against you. But if you've, if you've gotten weary in the battle with the footmen, how will you, how will you sustain yourself in the battle when the horses come? It's another level. I want you to know something. God wants to take you and he wants to cycle you through. Listen, you made it through. You did okay, but God's going to cycle you again. You're going to get even stronger. God has more for you. God wants to see this thing come to pass. We're not going to stop praying for providence. We're not going to stop praying for the dunk. We're not going to stop praying for your dream. We're not going to stop praying for New England or America. Can you say amen? We're not going to give up on America. We're not going to give up on New England. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you want to learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.